0: Welcome to Behind the Boxes with Mick Floyd, Molly Haynes, and Jason Adams.
1: Hello and welcome to episode four of Behind the Boxes, the RSN Sandang Cup post-celebration party edition of Behind the Boxes and drinking from the Victor's Cup, the super kennel champion, Jason Adams. Jason, you've come from the clouds and dethroned the Queen. How does it feel to be the inaugural super kennel champion?
0: It feels really good, Mick, and you're not wrong about sipping out of that celebratory uh, jar that that Molly's given me, so <laughs> that's really nice, and yeah, good result there. He shall power, of course, placing, and also Simon old Helen winning was a nice result, so I think we all got the results that most of us would have expected.
2: I didn't get wow. the results I expected, to <laughs> tell you the truth, so um, I'm a little bit bitter, which I think is probably understandable because I was in a very good position, but um, Big Bad Rockstar Beeve just didn't quite get it done for me in the Sandown Cup and didn't c- cement my victory.
1: Ever heard of an Ellie <laughs> Uh I do. I was going to say, for the listeners who are just tuning in for the first time, we ran a little competition on the show here, and Molly basically declared herself the winner after the first episode, and to be fair, she was a long, long, long way in front. So to fall over at the end is a, well, what are not chase, but that's an epic collapse, Molly.
2: It was almost like I didn't chase in the last hundred meters. That's about that's about the extent of it. I but there just, wasn't much in
0: this. More I, had, good a of, Sorry, I it was had a lapse of.
2: I had a lapse of judgment, and um, yeah, look, what can you do? You have those weeks.
1: We're banking of course, on uh, Rockstar Beef winning the Sandown Cup, but it wasn't to be. It was an upset. I don't think uh, anyone saw this result coming. Bronsky beat, being uh, too good, leading all the way and winning the country's premier staying race, and. Uh, Molly, it was a fantastic effort from Brendan Purcell winning his first Group 1 race.
2: It was so good to see, and I um I caught up with one of Brendan's workers, uh, workers Sandra Ettridge, not long after. Uh, it must have been the Friday I went for a walk with her, and she said that the first person to give um, Brendan a call to congratulate him on his win was Jeff Britton, and um, Brendan said back to him, Yeah, I'm glad I beat you. So it's very, very Brendan in a very <laughs> jovial kind of manner, and I think it, it's just so good, so good to see. And and it's great that um, Brendan's son Blake was able to be a part of it as well. He handled Bronsky beat to win that race. And um, interestingly enough, um, Blake also handled a Warnable Cup winner in Leo's Gift for Robert Britton at long odds a couple of years ago as well. So seems like Blake has the magic touch when it comes to long old greyhounds in group races, so congratulations to everyone involved
0: there and Molly, just for a look behind the scenes obviously we, we spoke to Brendan on on Thursday night after his win and he's very modest and calm about his first group one win. you probably know know him better than what we do Would he have spread the wings a bit in celebration
2: Oh without a doubt like he's a uh, he's a, very much a jokester. It's it's funny, There's if there's a joke to be had, Brendan's certainly involved and we still think here, a little while ago James and I had a, um, a fake snake that was put in our backyard and James had a bit of a panic thinking that it was um, a real snake and so he'd called me and he thought one of the dogs had been bitten by a snake so he was panicking and turns out that it was a fake snake. And, um, we think, still think to this day that Brendan was involved in it because Brendan's place is just oh, five minutes down the road from us and he swears that he hasn't, but he's such a, a jovial character and he's, he just loves a joke, a practical joke. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, he would certainly be celebrating it. It's so good to see that he's getting the recognition he deserves because he's a great guy, he loves his dogs and he certainly knows what he's doing, which makes him even better.
1: You touched on the, uh, the the touch they have with uh, big big price winners in group finals, but that seems to be a bit of a trend for the month, Jace. He's, uh I think he's had about 10 or 12 winners now, and all well, pretty much all of them are double figures. So he certainly does have a knack, and anyone following the kennel should be well and truly in front.
0: Absolutely. For that recent period where he's, he's picked up a lot of wins, and as you say, Mick, at nice prices, so I'm not sure that he's taken advantage of, of some of those, but I think as well something we should credit Brendan for. What a move for his life and, and career to go from Tasmania to Victoria and, and join his mate in, in Rob Britton because I'm sure not only after last week, it has been justified over the past couple of years. He's had a, having a, a really good run of success and, again, it would have been a, a massive move to to jump into state and, and really take it on by the horns.
1: And really uh, rewarding too, given that he bought the dogs apart, did all the work, they reared and broke him in. Um, and to win a race like the Sandang Cup, you know, to win your first group one must be a massive thrill, but to win a major like the Sandan Cup, it just uh, with a greyhound that they'd, uh, they'd picked out, he actually uh, rated the mum very highly. Of course, Ainsley Bale had a ton of ability, and um, so it was a long-term plan, and it finally uh, paid off with a big win, well, it was the, uh you, You're much more involved in that side of the game than either of us. It must be a real thrill to see a dog come along and uh, and achieve the way it has.
2: Absolutely. When when you're watching a dog that's you know pretty much obviously didn't have it from birth, but when you're watching a dog that you've had from such a young young age, um, you know when you're teaching them how to chase, you're box breaking them, you're you're doing everything like that. It, it's so good to see that all the time and the effort because it's not a five minute job. And it's just so good to see the time and the effort pay off because there is so much involved in the back end of greyhound racing. It's not just the you know thirty to forty seconds you see on the clock or on race day. It's a, um, a really big effort, and it's fantastic to see.
1: There are a couple of big runs down the field. Of course, True Detective, who I've got to be honest, I. I... I wouldn't have been overly surprised if it had a one. I didn't think it was a real winning chance, but he was enormous running second. And Jace, your uh, your favorite dog, Shell Power, was absolutely enormous for a Greyhound, uh, only having a 17th or 18th race start and a group one final like that. So second start over the distance to find the line and get as close as he did. He's got a very, very bright future, that dog.
0: Does he ever. It was a, it was a really good run, and I think we all knew the talent he did have. Obviously, he was really good in his heat behind Rockstar B, but to produce a a run like that in that sort of field under what would have been increased pressure and without doubt the hardest race that he's been in throughout his career. It was huge, and I think a, a moment in time where everyone sort of took notice of what he may be able to do going forward. And I said it on air a couple of times. I didn't expect him to, to go out and win that race, but from what we've saw, we wouldn't be surprised if he if he lined up in the next two Sandown Cups. Absolutely. Oh, no I think there's is- something
2: really sorry sorry mick but i do think there's something really special about seeing a young dog perform and perform really well there's there's something different about the pressure of group racing when they're coming up against good dogs in every box and he was able to just push on and perform so well so i think um jace you've certainly found one that we should all be watching but true detective impressed me most out of the entire field he did what i didn't think he could do he continued on he looked strong and that's although I think he's a stayer, I think he's a genuine stayer. I don't think he's he was the strongest stayer up until I saw that race on Thursday night. He did everything he needed to do. He did so much work on the outside of the track, and I think there are you know going to continue to be big and better things for Big Bad Bosco.
1: And now they're enchanted. Uh, flash time for fourth. It- I know Jamie was very bullish about her chances. He thought that she'd jump and, and be one of the first out of the boxes. Wasn't to be. Got shuffled back, but another enormous run. And you know, it's a shame that a greyhound of her ability, you know, she may just never be able to shake that bridesmaid tag. She's uh, she's a four-time group race runner-up, I think, and enormous last year's Santa Cup, and enormous again this year, but uh, just not to be, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, she's got a big profile. And, and as you said, Nick, she's been really good for... A long period of time I think she she may have picked up a speed star over the middle distance um, back when she was absolutely humming but look for one like her and it's not like she she's up and down in her form she's not at all she's always very good and, and as you say it's just probably unfortunate that she doesn't have the resume that she deserves.
1: Well it was a final group one of a massive month for us of course we had to make a few changes to the carnival and I thought we ended up with a pretty good result, three Group Ones over the three weeks, and highlights are plenty. Molly, what was your, uh, what was the run that stood out most to you?
2: I think Bronsky Beat was the run that stood out for me out of all of the carnival. I think it was so like very, very, very close. Second would have to be Black Opium's victory. I think it was just so good to see her finally crack, you know, the Group One race that she really, really deserved, and I think that was really good. But what Bronsky Beat did, he defeated a fantastic Sandown Cup field, and and I think I learnt so much from other dogs in that race that the Sandown Cup for 2020, the RSN Sandown Cup for 2020, I should say, was an absolute standout for this carnival for me.
1: And it was probably the story, of the, the uh, if not the run, it was certainly the story of the carnival, Jace Black Opium. A much publicised, Bridesmaid, of course, she'd been a group one runner up so many times and uh, close to half a million dollars without winning a big one to finally break through to kick off the carnival. It was an enormous story and a huge run.
0: It was a great run and we saw a different side of her of course where typically with her and, and like we saw on on saturday night at the meadow she can go straight to the front and, and really break hearts early on but we saw her settle about third and, and then run on and, and come from behind to, to run down a, a kennel made in aston silk so she was awesome there obviously established her profile well before that race and to not have a group one next to her name we speak about ella enchanted and how she deserves a a big race win black opium absolutely in the same boat and and she picked one up so one of the the many stories that um that was certainly worth speaking about throughout the carnival
1: the other group one winner of course simon told helen now we knew he was an absolute superstar but i think he cemented well he cemented that status as superstar he's had 24 stars now of course winning the group at the great eight last thursday night he could be anything, this dog, because he's only, uh, what is he, not even two and a half yet. He's already got three group ones to his name, over half a million prize money, and he's, got, he's in pretty good hands as well. So uh, I expect to see this guy around for another 12 months or more.
0: Yeah, I've got to agree. It's just that turn of foot. This just maybe one that we've never seen before. And Molly, it's just been group race after group race for Simon sold So at The resume that he's got so early on in his career, it really sends frightening signs for, for what's to come over probably the next two years.
2: Absolutely, and I think the scary thing is, is listening to David Burnett talk about how his best is yet to come, and he's talking November. He's going to be primed. He's going to be ready, and and what a Melbourne Cup carnival it's going to be. Simon told Helen is, is up and firing at his absolute best, and I know they've got a really, really big opinion of who told Stevie. Um, I think that they're pretty confident, and they may be going home with the Melbourne Cup this year, and I tell you what, if you've got those two dogs in your kennel, you have to understand that level of confidence. You really do.
1: Absolutely. You look at his career, he's had 24 starts with 15 wins in six seconds, which is extraordinary in its own right. Three group, one wins. He won his grade six at his fourth career start. Every start after that has been an open company. So it's just a, a phenomenal record. And uh, as I said, given he's so young, you, you'd be a brave man to bet against, a brave person to bet against, so i told Helen, uh, winning another couple of features before he's done.
2: Can I just talk really quickly about another greyhound that really impressed me on Thursday night last week, just watching um, watching all the races go to where um, through SEN track was Christo Bale. He was absolutely phenomenal. He was the best of the night performer. He went, I think it was 29, 21. Um, it, was, it was just so, like I know the dog has talent, but at the same time, this is a greyhound that's now won eight races from, from around 20 career starts. And he's putting the times on the board too. I think he... Although he can be a little bit tardy early, when he when he gets room, it's it's really impressive what he can do. So that was just a little side note to come out of the meeting last Thursday night for me. I'm really, really excited to watch this Greyhound continue on.
1: He's home in 10.32, Jace. He's, uh, he's certainly got a big motor on him.
0: I think many of us knew he had talent, but I think he sort of took the covers off himself last Thursday you night. Know, that run home was just... Off the charts, and I think it was an announcement that he's arrived on the big stage. And I really hope he can continue it going forward because it's an exciting time. We speak about these ones who like to get back and run on, and they certainly demand a lot of excitement and attention for those who, who might not be so deeply involved in the sport. It just it catches you eye those who, who run on. So he was awesome on Thursday night, and again, hopefully, continue it. Got to talk to follow out of the carnival, Jase. Do you have a guess? He shall power. He shall power, absolutely. <laughs> come yeah, on, Mick, that was a terrific. silly question. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dave is pretty keen to keep him racing over the longer journey. So I think from what we've seen so far, it's it's real ominous signs. And I guess so often we see some come through with ability and especially go well during a, a big feature race carnival and maybe taper off or, or not improve going forward. But I think with this boy here, he, he gives, a, I think, a tweeted out on Saturday Night. Him and his brother, He Shall Blitz, Massive motors and most importantly they give 110% which for me it's going to give them the longevity at the top level.
2: Now Jace, you've given yourself a big pat on the back for unearthing these dogs but I think we do need to give you a pat on the back. It's fantastic that you've been able to. You've been on top of these dogs since we were I suppose just talking about the idea of this podcast so congratulations. I know you're already patting yourself on the back but we'll give you one as well.
0: Well thank you but I think I've Might have fell into this one because I'm a sucker for for get back run on types and (laughs) these two probably are that so maybe long term they might not win every time they are expected to win but no doubt two with, with really good talent so really excited to see what their career looks like going forward.
1: I'll tell you another thing I'm really looking forward to. I mentioned Simon Told Helen, but that rivalry is starting to build up between him, Jack Bale, and Tigalong Tonk. They were the three place getters out of that group on Harrison Dawson. They're all about the same age. They've all got enormous ability. I think the three of them, as a contest, uh, as they build, box rolls is going to be absolutely key for each of those runners in every race they contend. But how exciting is it to see three dogs of such enormous ability all racing together at the same time?
0: Really exciting. And Look, Molly, for mine, if you see the same sort of field go around two weeks in a row, some people might think, oh, well, this is not very exciting because the same dog's just going to win. But from what we saw in those two races, I know the same dog won, but it could have easily gone in many different ways. If we saw them go head-to-head week after week, I'm sure there'd be very few of us complaining about that.
2: Absolutely. I would almost love to see the three of them go out, just, just the three of them together, I think. You guys have hit the nail on the head. Box Boxjaw is just so important for these three greyhounds. And the fact that we get to watch these three magnificent dogs run around, hopefully, week in, week out against each other, I, I think that that's going to – obviously, I watch the greyhound races. Obviously, I watch the dogs. But I think that's what's really going to – you know you know how some things just spark your interest that a little bit more? And I think seeing those three greyhounds compete against each other is going to be one of those things that continue to spark my love for – For all things greyhounds and all things racing because almost if you separate them in time we've got three champion dogs but the fact that they're all together it's just yeah it's just really really interesting really incredible to see and i I can't wait to continue to see how much these greyhounds grow and and continue on throughout their careers
1: i think that's a a real good point about the box draws because every time they go around they'll draw a different box it creates a whole different race and a different pattern and so um, you know, as much as I love Fernando Bale and it's well documented how much I love Fernando Bale, you knew when the lids were open, as soon as the lids opened, he was off and gone. That's not going to be the case with these three. Box stores will absolutely matter. And you'll get a different race each time they go around.
0: Yeah, we will. And I'm sure we might get to it later in the show, but it's sort of what these great eights and the, and the idea of them is is brought together. and examples of, of really good fields going head to head where otherwise they, they might have looked elsewhere and i think from the grade eight that we saw on the on, at the meadows on on saturday night over the the 600 meters was a, a great example we saw a, a field of greyhounds where I, I won't bore people with the grading system but in a, in a typical night of racing they wouldn't have been able to be drawn together and this time around with the the grade eight concepts around they were and it was an outstanding contest
1: that's exactly right. It's going to be an exciting month uh, throughout June, of course. Those grade eights over both all three distances of both city tracks is going to lead to some outstanding racing. And, look, that top end racing, when you see these top dogs over any distance, when you see them competing, that's what drags people through. The numbers show as much. And, uh, Molly, it's going to be an exciting month through June, June as well.
2: It sure is. Look, I'm a little bit bitter about the um, the 600-metre grade eight at the Meadows. Dad's dog ran last. Um, so I am a little bit bitter to be expected, but... Just a but tony. it's great to be a
1: part of those races.
2: Oh, absolutely! It was um, it was funny. i actually, <laughs> I'd set an alarm and I'd set it for two minutes after the race instead of two minutes before, <laughs> so I'd missed the race. And all I saw was that he was last. And so I was a little bit grumpy, uh, sad day night when I figured out that I'd missed it. But what can you do? It's um, it's all part of it. It's just it's great that it's going to give us stuff to talk about for for the next you know couple of months. We've got these. You know, hopefully they're going to be you know fields full of fantastic greyhounds, and it's just going to make our job very, very easy.
1: And it's going to be fantastic Well, we can finally get crowds back on the track. They're going to have some outstanding chases to see as well. So, you know, it's all uh, it's all bodes very well for the second half of the year. Anything else you want to bring up around the May Carnival, Jace? Is there anything that struck your eye, caught your eye?
0: Well, I think the three weeks really struck me as a as a positive thing. We know in in recent years those three Group Ones have been run on the same night, and this time around, given the the opportunity that did present through airtime, of course, they were split up over three weeks. And for me personally, it was an outstanding thing because for, for people like us in the in the positions we're in, we had every opportunity to promote and explain the stories of each race week after week. And not only did, we, did the airtime really uh, we get good airtime over those three weeks, but we had that opportunity to tell that story where in the past, if it's all in the one night, that makes it difficult. And I guess, I guess for the... For the less initiated, it is a little bit more difficult to understand. So I thought it was a fantastic thing that the spread over three weeks and personally hope that remains going forward.
2: Yes, I, I hope so too. I think it worked absolutely fantastic. I think what I loved the most about it was that we were set up so well with the Sapphire Crown final. I think we it was a a field that we were able to tell so many stories and it set up the whole carnival itself. It set up that intrigue for the rest of the com- for the coming weeks and the coming series because we had such a good final and I think uh, I really hope it stays the same. I, I, it's a great opportunity to have people follow it for you know it was a four week dedication type you know four or five week dedication um to the dogs and I, I think we should all give ourselves a pat on the back because I think we did a very very good job and I think we got the eyes on on the on the races and we certainly got the eyes on all the content we were pushing out
1: I'm going to take that pat on the back, Molly, and, and enjoy a jar of uh, whatever we drink to celebrate what has been a fantastic uh, carnival uh, while we uh, top up our drink. Let's, uh, let's take a little break and we're back soon for the second part of Behind the Boxes. <clears throat> Welcome back to Behind the Boxes. Uh, we're two or three jars in now. Molly, what's your uh, drink of choice over there?
2: I have a... Flat white from my local cafe. I had my green smoothie uh, this morning, so um, I'd so you guys didn't have to watch me drink my. What, well, what, what is in a thought? green
1: smoothie?
2: Well, there's bit of buffalo,
0: <laughs> bit of buffalo grass.
2: <laughs> this morning, my smoothie. Um, ha- I had ice, um, half a banana, half an avocado, some cucumber, and some spinach with a little bit of protein powder. And um, does
0: cucumber belong with fruit like that? Yeah, I don't think you know that
2: combination
1: <laughs> exists. That's just every bit of that sounds disgusting. And I'm yeah. sure it looks as bad as it sounds.
2: <laughs> it, it looks bad. It, it, it really did. I think um, what helped it go down, I was cleaning at the same time. So I had uh, like the bleach fumes. So I was probably, my nose was probably a little bit destroyed, but it didn't taste that bad. It was actually quite refreshing. Um, and I don't necessarily have any regrets about, yeah, about drinking that this morning for my breakfast
1: i don't believe that it was quite delicious i just don't it's, um every one of those ingredients sounded pretty ordinary and uh, does James
0: get involved on in this thing molly does james get stuck into refreshments like these
2: no see james um how do i say this nicely james <laughs> is a very fussy little creature, and it's not unusual for me to be cooking two different types of dinners because i don't have a metabolism like James. If I eat an apple, all of a sudden, it looks like I've eaten three cakes. Um, So I need to watch what I eat a lot more than what James does. Therefore, James can have, you know, his big steak and chips, and I'll have some steak and a little bit of chips and a a kale salad or just, you know, something to make sure. Yeah, look, I like to eat a balanced diet. It's all about making sure I've got a... um, a body for the rest of my life i suppose
0: (laughs) gum tree leaves
2: (laughs) yes um but that smoothie is probably um probably on the uh, more different side of life i used to just like my banana smoothies but now i just like to make sure i've got my healthy fats my colors through you know the avocado and cucumber and and um, spinach so it's it's good to have a well-rounded meal it helps make me um, fuller for longer because i'm always hungry
1: so i'm assuming the colors on your meal are all different condiments the uh, steak and chips and various sort of colored sauces as uh runs out the rainbow for you
0: yeah a consistent theming of color throughout some of my meals <laughs> being yellow Yellow. <laughs> 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 if that makes any sense. Are you
2: guys no? Are you guys fussy eaters?
0: Yeah, of course it does. Chips and oh. lasagna, and so
2: like if I was all to the stuff invite... that
0: isn't necessarily good for you is the best stuff.
2: Okay, well you've obviously got a good metabolism. So if I were were to invite <laughs> you over for dinner, and I was to cook up yep. some like slow cooked lamb shanks with homemade pasta with kale and beans and stuff through it, and carrot. Mm-hmm. Like where would you sit on that? Is that a no or a yes situation?
0: No, that's fine. Yeah, I've got different diets from from Monday to Friday actually Monday to Thursday than what I do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, During the week, more than happy, that'd be great.
2: So that'd be – so is that a yes, I'll come over for dinner sometime? You and Hannah yeah, can no come problem. over? Yeah,
0: we'll have a, um, we'll a behind-the-boxes buffet at Molly's. I think that's a great idea, don't you think, Mick? Uh, yeah,
1: that'd, that'd be good. I'll be down the pub having a parma and chips. So, um, yeah, anytime so you, you want you to come
2: over you wouldn't eat some slow-cooked lamb shanks with homemade pasta? Mm. Yeah. So what do you eat, like, on a normal night? That sounds good,
1: doesn't it? Yeah, I reckon yeah, it's I bloody guess. delicious. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, it sounds good. No, it, well, what everyone can't see at home is, um, is Mick is pretty much sticking his fingers down his throat. He doesn't think it sounds that <laughs> impressive. Well, what does a, a normal meal look like for you? Uh, whatever this is so my on the topic
1: cooks. of
2: greyhound racing. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> He's behind the cooking counter at the moment. No, yeah. oh, 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 this sounds okay. But I'm coming from the other side of town, so I might as well just Drop by the pub and have a palmer and for a local. It's it'd be the right thing to do. Support the local economy.
0: Yeah, I always like going to a new pub and oh, you've got to find out how cold the beer is. Exactly. You're just going to make that decision. Don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty rude not to find out that sort of information. So it's pretty hard to go by without without dropping in.
2: So you're not wine drinkers. I couldn't give you a glass of wine when you turned up at the door. Do you know, I used to, whenever I used to have people over, especially when we're at our old house in North Geelong, I would answer the door, Angela Langton can vouch for this, and um, answer the door with an espresso martini in hand. It's like one for you, one for me, and then that'll be where our night ends and, um, well, starts and it ends um, in a very interesting manner.
1: There seems to be a consistent theme through behind the boxes uh, throughout My the series. My drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it comes back to Molly with a glass in hand. Or a Jared hand, as it
0: turns out. Good things seem to happen from those from those big nights.
2: Exactly. Yep, yeah, I met my nope. husband. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's just about it. Um, but yes, do you know what? I will cook for you guys. I'll cook something healthy for you guys, and let's just see. Let's just see if we can get the veggie. Are you a veggie man, Mick? Like, do you have, like mm-hmm. when you go to the, a pub? Are you a uh, um, chips and salad or a chips and veg man? Or are Definitely you just
1: chips, the chips and bypass? Oh. Well, I, I ask for chips and salad out of habit. Truth is, I, I'm not eating the salad.
0: <laughs> How many plates do you go back? To, do you see go back to the kitchen with clean, clean as anything, with a full bowl of salad?
1: <laughs> That'd be mine. Yeah, and most plates, to be fair. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm <laughs> yeah. learning a lot. Maybe. Um, yeah. Well. We'll have a dinner party. We'll have a dinner party at some point and you guys will um we'll see the bright side.
1: We won't do that, Molly. And I'm sure Jace will remind us just how well he's done in the Supercannel. We'll, uh, we'll get on to the Supercannel update. I know you, Molly's shaking her head here. She still can't believe it. But after San Cup night, where, to be fair, Molly only had a slender lead, but a lead all the same, Jace has stormed over the top, finished with 128,000 for the month. Molly with 116, and yours truly tailed off, tailed off badly, uh, missed the start, never got into it. Stried out a little bit, found the line okay, might need a bit more ground, but a long, 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 mm. long. Your has been oh, brought so. into the steward's room. A bit of box work required. Uh, we'll see in the spring. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it was a bit of fun. It was good. Plenty of banter. Molly's head got larger and then shrunk at the end. It was. Uh, <laughs> Jase just quietly gone about his business, just chipping away, improving the kennel each week. And well, that last week he had uh, three big returns. So well done, Jase.
0: All about the timing. And of course you can't, what's, what's the term? You, you, you can't do much without good cattle. So I had good cattle <laughs> and in the end it prevailed. So very happy.
2: Yes, congratulations, Jase. Yes.
0: We think it worked, yeah. did we enjoy
2: it? I loved it. I actually loved it uh, apart from losing. Um, which I don't love too much. I I genuinely loved it. It got me it got me thinking about different ways, and that's why I was pretty confident because I just thought I nailed the rockstar beef situation. I really did. Like, you guys laughed at me, but I just I know I mucked it's up. It's easy at to the be very... critical of
0: that in hindsight, but I think, I think beforehand everyone everyone would have been thinking yeah, everyone would have done the same thing.
1: I still I still think the first week was a stitch up. I still don't think these dice actually exist, or you rolled the dice, or. Yeah. I think you just decided you're taking the first rounder.
2: I'll show you the dice when you guys come over for your healthy meal. Do you know what I can serve you on arrival? We can have um, strawberry daiquiris because that's an intake of fruit, um, and then we can end the night with a green smoothie. I'll put honey in it; it's yeah. a bit sweeter then.
0: Shouldn't it be the other way around? Yeah, I um, thought.
2: No, because it's like an after dinner mint almost. I can, you know. I've
0: got a better idea though. Let's cucumber. leave. Let's leave out the
1: smoothie and just down daiquiris.
2: Yeah, I like a strawberry daiquiri. I lo- <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're back on Molly's drinking again.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's a big part of me. It's a big part of me.
1: Well, it's a nice segue at least, Molly. We we introduced a new segment halfway through the series: pub chat, a uh, pub talk, and uh, well. I guess it all quite comes back to that for you anyway, Molly. But uh, what I'm going to throw out there for you two, well, uh, obviously we've talked about Simon toll Helen quite a bit. His third Group 1 win in the Harrison-Dawson, it makes the Grey Hand of the Year discussion pretty interesting. You've got Simon toll Helen with three Group 1s, Seneki with the, with three Group 1s, and Whiskey Riot, of course, the Melbourne Cup and the Tim Lee. Who's your tip for the Grey Hand of the Year? Simon Tolhelen. Mm, it's a very good question.
2: Yeah, look...
0: I think because we do see dominant runs from sprinters now and then, we we can often get caught up in a bit of a recency bias. So I think we can sometimes forget how dominant Seneki was. At especially the start of the financial year, when he went through the maturity, he went up to Brisbane, did his thing up there, and obviously he didn't go all to plan in a in a Melbourne Cup heat. I think he come up against. I Can't remember really come up against, but it was awfully difficult for him to win. But. It was very good through that period, but of course, Simon so on Helen from January to now has been extremely good
2: yeah i think I think it's for me it's an easy answer, and Simon told Helen. I think although whiskey riot was incredible when he won um the won the melbourne cup and, and then what was it the temley yeah, um like there were two group one races, but I think there's just i think we talk about x factor we i i don't think at one point as much as i'm a huge fan of whiskey riot but we we we're comparing simon told helen and fernando Bale. we're not necessarily comparing whiskey riot or Seneke to fernando Bale. that's that's the only line of thinking because i do think they you know what they've been able to achieve right at this point if we're stopping right now it's it's all on a pretty level level playing field um apart from obviously the melbourne cup being the absolute pinnacle but Yeah, I think if we're comparing Fernando Bale and Simon Told Helen, then that's just what's getting me over the edge there.
1: How much do you line up? Just looking through the form here, Simon Told Helen actually ran into Whiskey Riot in the Melbourne Cup heats and obviously uh, Whiskey Riot prevailed there. You look through the record of Seneke and and Simon Told Helen. One of the group ones was an age-restricted race. How much do you weight an open class group one like a, a Melbourne Cup or a um, or a Perth Cup, for that matter, or a Brisbane Cup with a age restricted or uh, or an invitational race.
2: I think I put a little bit more emphasis on an open rate, um an open age, or or an invitational race. I think young dogs are, are very are very hard to not get behind, but know exactly what they're after. When you're talking, when you're looking at the older um, dogs that are a little bit older and a little bit more experienced, for me, it's a I think it just shows you know, they're competing against dogs that also know how to perform under pressure. Younger dogs don't necessarily that why that's, you know, why there sometimes are some blowouts in in age restricted races. But I think I when when you're talking open grade, I think that's what's, you know, kind of the pinnacle for me and that's what that's what, you know, shows you mean business.
0: Yeah, it's clear that the open grade is 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 stronger, of course. When you we're talking about age restricted races, you you're limiting the, you're splitting the size of the pool. So against open class, it's it's the best on offer at that point in time. So I think that's got to be, um, yeah, held, held much more in in good accord than what an age restricted group one would be. It's
1: gonna be a fascinating discussion. Really looking forward to that one. Into uh, the new year, um, Jace, So uh, what have uh, what's your what's you been pondering since we started this show? He's been pumping this one up too, Molly. So uh, strap yourself in, fire away, Jace.
0: It's all that good, and you've given that a bit of a rev up. Yeah, but no anyway, pressure no at all yeah. <laughs> It does relate to the three of us, and a little bit of a, a look behind the curtain, I guess, as to uh, how we go about our business. For both of you two, would you prefer to be on radio or TV? What do you enjoy most?
2: Um, can I start?
0: Yes. Yeah, this, yeah.
2: this is just another another way for you guys to think. I think the first time when Nick asked us about would you prefer to be in a um, a greyhound, Um yourself or with a big group of people and I said I was the only one to say myself because you know who doesn't want the money I think (laughs) I'm gonna regret saying this I know but I think tv purely because how good is it to go out and buy new outfits to wear on tv
0: (laughs) I didn't expect that answer
2: how good and then like you get to have yeah like it's an excuse to go and have yeah like obviously makeup doesn't really um down your alley unless that's what you guys are into which is completely fine but like how good is it having your hair well i can't say how good is it but it's fantastic having your hair and makeup done going and buying some really nice outfits and and feeling really good and and also uh, yeah like i love radio i love i love talking about the dogs i think everyone would know that but there's there's something just a little bit different about being in front of camera and um and having a new outfit and uh, uh you know a new a sort sense of confidence around it all. So yeah, camera for me.
1: jace you can sympathize with the getting the hair to bit done.
0: So a weekly, weekly weekly trim for you, isn't it? Yeah. It probably costs me a lot less and takes a lot less time. <laughs> yeah. I can't relate to the makeup. Add a bit of that on and I guess if you asked me five years ago that you'd be you'd be doing things almost week to week where you have gotta put a bit of makeup on, i would be thinking where on earth has my life gotten to? But no, it's a, it's a great thing, Mick. Um, it probably depends a
1: little bit. But radio, I think, is a bit of um, there's a bit of intimacy with radio. I guess you can have the, the conversation without having to worry about appearances. You can just have a chat. Um, and I think the format of radio, uh, you know, it, it tends to be a little bit more engaging in some ways. So, no, probably radio for mine. But again, it depends on the setting. So,
0: it does. I think radio is a bit more casual but for mine, nothing beats being in the studio and everything's calm, you're ready to roll and then all of a sudden you hear the intro in your ear and you think, oh, hang on, it's time to roll. Nothing beats that feeling for mine.
2: Do you get nervous, Dave?
0: Well, same sort of thing. I feel it right up until the intro hits and the intro hits <laughs> and you think, oh, well, no second chances here, this is live.
2: I get nervous before everything that I do. Absolutely everything, whether it's talking on radio, whether not necessarily this podcast because we've got the power of editing, thank God. But anything live, I um, actually no, even the pre pre-reco- the pre recorded stuff that I do post race, uh, you know, post group race. I think I don't know. It's just a sense of pressure and making sure you've got it right and. Um, when you're talking to people who are the experts in their in their dogs and their fields, it's all you know, just making sure you live up to that expectation. So yeah, I get so nervous before everything that I do.
0: I think if I'm on solo, I probably get more nervous. But if there's someone to bounce off, it's it's a lot easier. But you mentioned the live versus pre-record. I'll have a secondary question to to my first one. Oh Mick, I think we can relate in this one. We do a fair bit of work together, and pre-record's more difficult than being live.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair comment. Um, just to follow up Molly's point as well, I don't think I think people always appreciate just how much work that goes into the you know, preparation for any of these sort of things. There is a, maybe not for this podcast, but for anything that's hey. live. <laughs> Calm down, we're working
2: hard. <laughs> <laughs> the super kennel.
1: Maybe, maybe I'm speaking for myself here. Well, <laughs> clearly I came last. There's, there's not much work being done there. But um, there is a lot of prep work that goes into that as well. So... Um, yeah, it's good to be well prepared. And uh, it, it, if it doesn't feel like there's a lot of work going into it, that sometimes works well. But um, yeah, you're right. I think sometimes the live stuff almost, I think it's almost a different mindset when you're going live. Like you you switched on and you just go. Whereas if you know you can edit something out, as we've found over four weeks of this podcast, that uh, you just start again. And, you know, it isn't the same sort of pressure.
0: Yeah, absolutely and people might find that strange that we'd prefer something to be live and pre-record but personally for me, you pre-record, you want it to be perfect so any sort of blemish, you go, oh, do it again and then you make the same mistake over and over. Yep. So much prefer live.
2: I um I dead set thought Mick was a lot more polished before doing this podcast series <laughs> than what he is because I, I don't know, there was just something <laughs> I mean this in the uh, nicest way, but I genuinely, did, I thought you were, were a lot possible more. Way. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely thought you were a lot more polished. But um, me, I reckon, has caused more bloopers um, than, or more, more re what is it, re-records or more cuts um, than Jason. And some and I not put even caused by himself. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. This is true.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I think it's absolutely right, Jace. You, you put that higher. Uh, uh, the highest standard, I guess, when you know you, you can pre- uh, pre-record and, and really work it and get it exactly how you want it. Whereas it's live, you kind of roll with it a little bit and if you misspeak or mispronounce, you just keep going. Whereas this one, um, it'll take me four. And, and yes, it'll take me four goes to get the introduction right. So uh, only twice <laughs> today. So, uh, I think there's probably, there's,
0: probably more accept- yeah, there's probably more acceptance from the viewer, I yeah. think as well, if it's live.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I think so. that's certainly the case.
0: Oh yeah, I yeah, definitely hope so. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. My turn. Would you rather another episode of Behind the Boxes or an episode dedicated to the blooper reels? Mick? Just because you you're a big you're you're a big part of all things bloopers on Behind the Boxes?
1: It would be a series of bloopers, I don't know.
2: Well, I think Jason and I could probably fit into one episode, I'm pretty confident. But you, on the other hand, <laughs> old oh, yeah. polished Mick, not so polished.
1: <laughs> you're, the, you're the one throwing the polish around. I'd, I'd never admit to being polished at all.
2: No, it just—it's an illusion. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you prefer?
1: Uh, probably another episode, because it'd be shorter. <laughs> it'd give Jace less work. So, no, we will do another episode.
2: Jace?
0: What about a combination?
2: I just uh, want bloopers. having the
0: pleasure of, of editing these things. There's been some moments where I've handed over the the headphones, of course, to my partner Hannah and said, listen to this, how funny is this? <laughs> the concerning part is she doesn't find some of it funny and I do. <laughs> but maybe we put it all in, in one in one piece and we can do the podcast while listening back to the bloopers. I think that's a fair idea. I love it. That could be quite entertaining. Do we I need a
1: random six year old to roll in halfway through or a, a dog just suddenly <laughs> appears
0: might have on bloopers? Shot? We might have bloopers in the commentary <laughs> over the bloopers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think my favourite blooper. Dogs so, barking. Yeah, my favourite. I've got two favourites. Was probably when Jace was getting fake bitten by his dog. His dog was just standing there, and Mick and I were losing it last week because his dog's just like, <laughs> just wanted a bar of Jace, just wanted some attention. And he was like, barking but it was like a little like a nip sounding you could hear his jaw like kind of uh, I'm, I'm snapping like my hands and no one can see it it was so funny and then mick telling his kids off is literally the highlight um just like seeing Mick in a in a different light um has been i've learned a lot about mick um probably more about mick than i have jace i reckon through this series i think seeing seeing someone as a parent is um he, he, it's just a whole nother side, and seeing Nick when he tells his kids off is is funny um yeah it's it's funny
1: <laughs> I think I speak for parents everywhere to say that thank God schools have gone back, and uh it's made life a lot easier because uh yeah it's been a uh, been a tough gig trying to keep them entertained but um
0: yeah, I think we'll so definitely well. run with a blooper's wheel it, it might take a while because. So obviously, a lot of a lot of cutting to do, but I think it's gonna be well worth it, well worth it.
2: Maybe you can send me half, and I'll go through half, and you can go through half. I remember when Jace was doing the first episode of this, he's te- he texted me and he said something about absolutely losing it because it was when Mick was first telling his kids off. I don't remember what was happening, but oh, do you remember this, Jace? And you no, messaged were me. No, they playing
0: around. they were playing around, and then I think because Mick was a bit distracted, he he sort of stopped on one thing and then Oscar started laughing. <laughs> yes,
2: that's right. <laughs> oh my god, and Jason was just like I'm I'm struggling so hard to edit this. Should I add because <laughs> we spoke about having a blooper reel on the end of the first episode. And um yeah, uh, it's funny. The
1: blooper reel would be longer than the episode that first week.
2: <laughs> I think so. I think so too. <laughs> it's
1: a shame we haven't recorded the video as well because the random six year old head just dropping down on the screen trying to have a look at what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Or the random dog jumping into someone's arms. It's always, uh, yeah, you got to start on the ball here.
2: Yeah, yep. I, I was cradling little leopard last week. I've got no dogs to cradle this le- week because my old girl's just laying there alone. But, um,. Yeah, we've certainly had some great times in what the... How many episodes have we done? Three or four? Four.
0: four. This is the fourth.
2: Four. Yeah. No, it's been good. I've had a lot of fun.
0: Even with a
1: quiz, Molly, that's got to be a highlight for you.
2: A highlight is not doing the quiz list this week.
1: <laughs> what do you mean, not yeah. doing a quiz?
2: There's, oh. no quiz in, no, there's no quiz in the rundown, so... Is <laughs> <laughs> there. Now I'm just frantically running back to check that we don't have a quiz.
1: The last we time we I studied for a gone. quiz, it didn't
2: go so well. No, it's just like the story of my high school life. Um, but <laughs> yeah, now there's no quiz this week. I mean, what would we even quiz on? David Burnett did say that we should be quizzing you, Mick. Test the we'll far um, away. Well, no, far away, to be Molly. Prepared. I can't just make up things on the spot. I'm not a wealth of knowledge like you, Mick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all that polish.
2: Yeah, Seems it's like like a lot all the of knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. No, which has it's been, been great. removed
1: as this podcast has gone on. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we're through the, the May Carnival, one of the big calendars, uh, one of the big carnivals on the calendar, it's a little bit of a break for us at Sandia Park. We don't have uh, a whole lot happening outside of the Grade Eights, so of course, the Melbourne Cup in November, and maybe a Speed Star somewhere along the way. But what else are we looking forward to over the next little bit in the world of greyhound racing?
0: throughout june for me it's got to be the the grade eights because as i said before it sort of eliminates the the restrictions the grading system can have on on getting these good fields together so they're going to be exceptional going forward and of course going to be um i guess week to week the the best race in victoria at both city tracks so that's going to be awesome and of course not too far away, Molly, until we do lean towards the Bendigo Cup, which without doubt be a, a really strong series.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited about the Bendigo Cup coming up, I think. I'm um, already seeing dogs racing down there that I'm, I'm expecting will be in, in the heats and I know that um, – oh, I spoke to Jamie. I'm assuming it's still the still the same line of thinking, but I spoke to Jamie Ennis um, a couple of weeks ago, I think probably heading into the heats of the Harrison-Dawson and um, – he just said that there's something different about Jim Zardashian when he goes to Bendigo. He just loves the track and I just, he's obviously the track record holder down there now and I can't wait to see that dog back there and, and racing. And it's not just the Bendigo Cup though, that is around um, around Bendigo Cup time. There's a lot of supporting races, there's um, a maiden series, there's a couple of 600 metre series and um, it, it's just a great atmosphere down there. The Bendigo Cup's one of my favourite, probably behind Warnable and Sale. Um, they're probably my top three when it comes to to Country Cups. There's just something different about a Country Cup environment and I can't compare it to a Group 1 racing like a Melbourne Cup or, or an Australian Cup or even a, a Temley or anything like that, but it's it's just something different the, the Country Cup experience for me. And
1: of course, 50000 to the win at the Bendigo Cup as well, they've uh, tipped bit of extra money in there and Troy's mentioned he's, uh, he's pretty keen to get it at Group 1 level as well.
2: Absolutely. How good's that? It would be two um, Victorian Country Cups at Group 1 level. Obviously, the Sale Cup is um, at Group 1 level at the moment. So I think Troy does it really well down there at Bendigo. He is an absolute ripper guy, but at the same time, he's just got a real passion for the dogs and making sure we get to see the best dogs possible. At the same time, he rewards his, his um, a, a local trainers and local dogs. So it's great to have that bit of a balancing act, and I think Troy certainly um, nails it there.
1: And Jace, the next big Group One carnival is up in Brisbane. Uh, uh, they've managed to, to shuffle their carnival around, and uh, I think early July it all kicks off. And hopefully the borders are open, and we get to see those Group One dogs that uh, that aren't going to be or aren't right suited to be go heading up to Brisbane.
0: Absolutely, and I, th- I think if memory serves me correct. I saw a story written by Adam Dobbin saying that Black Opium and and Hooked on Scotch could be heading up north for the series. So that's going to be extremely exciting. And we speak about the likes of, of Simon Sold helen and, and age-restricted races. He's gonna to go to the maturity in, in July, which <laughs> given, given what he's already done sounds amazing, but he's gonna be a, an absolute force to be reckoned with in maturity series, which is always super strong and uh, a lot of stars certainly do come out of it.
2: I think what's really hard when it comes to um, interstate travel with group one races is that the dogs, like in WA, the dogs are able to go over, but the people aren't. And I think having that sense of trust Um, giving, you know, you're really taking your best dogs over to compete in the best races and not being able to be there and, and be with them every day and making sure they're up to your standard. It's not saying that no one else does it like, you know, you're better than anyone else. It's just, you know, your dog and you know what you think it takes to succeed and, and also just having it in in someone else's hands like Matt Clark. I mean, what a shame it was his first group race with Catch the Thief in, in the Derby, um, at, yes, Derby. Derby, Nick. Um, and it was such a shame that he couldn't be there to experience it, but I think he's certainly got um, some nice big things ready for that dog in the coming future.
0: That's right. And we've seen David Burnett quoted in saying if if he can't go to, to Brisbane with Simon Old Helen, then he, then he's not going. And to be honest, personally, I'd, I'd be the same if I had a Graham by my side and especially by the calibre of, of Simon's Old Helen.
2: I think the, the exception to the rule there would have to be the Britons. We've got Linda Britton in Western Australia and then Robert and Jeff over here. I think they've just got the ideal circumstances. And I suppose with the dailies as well, um, they're able to send their greyhounds over to family. And I think that would just make things that, that little bit easier when it comes to sending dogs over to big races. But not everyone has that situation at hand.
1: And I think that's a, that's a good point as well. You, you need to be able to hand it over to someone who you can trust. And um, I know in David's case, it's not just the fact that he hasn't got someone up there who could handle a dog. There's plenty of very good trainers up in Queensland. But if something was to go wrong or not go to plan, the pressure that puts on a, a caretaker trainer is enormous as well. So... Um, I can understand entirely why David would uh, would stay here if he can't go up. So hopefully for all uh, all trainers across the country, the borders open up and we can uh, see the best dogs in the best races or the races that they're best placed to uh, to achieve in.
0: Exactly right, and it's not too far away And so we're going to see feature racing back in Sydney as well. So that's going to add another element to the whole group racing scene and and, and much more exciting on a Saturday night too with a, a a prominent metropolitan strong meeting alongside the Meadows.
1: Uh, they certainly deserve a uh, a cracker at the New South Wales guys. Obviously, with the, the conditions up there, they haven't had the chance to run in uh, in city races. So the fact that uh, they'll have some uh, group racing coming up and, and Winnie Park, of course, opening up again is a real boost for greyhounds there. So uh, by the sounds of things and the looks of things, greyhound racing is certainly on the up and uh, we're an exciting six months ahead of us. Well, I think that's uh, that's a wrap for... Behind the Boxes Season One uh, ties a nice bow on the May Carnival. It's been a huge success. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. It's been a lot of fun. There's been a lot of uh, outtakes. We've learned a lot about each other through this whole journey. Molly and her borderline alcoholism, and uh, Jason. Some of those some of those Super Kennel selections is just outstanding. So uh, well done to you both. Thanks for being part of it, Jace, Well done.
0: Uh, thanks, Mick. It's it's been a really good ride over the past four weeks. Really enjoyed the the Tuesday afternoons that we do record on and having a laugh and again if any any of the audience have any feedback about absolutely anything please don't hesitate to get in touch but it's been a ride and, and most importantly it's been a, a really exciting and, and memorable month of racing
1: and molly you'll be starting your own uh smoothie preparation show in the uh in the racing off season
2: Yes, I might turn my Instagram page into, um, yeah, into what, Molly, what Molly's smoothie entails this morning. But, um, no, in all seriousness, guys, I've had a, an absolutely fantastic time despite my super kennel not getting me over the line. Um, it, it's been great fun and hopefully everyone has enjoyed it as much as, you know, enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed putting it together and, and yeah, hopefully we'll be back.
1: I'm sure we will uh, again. Thanks everyone for listening. As Jay said, if you've got any feedback, thoughts for a second season, I think we might even have a look at that for uh, for the pointy end this year, maybe Melbourne Cup time, whenever that may be. What do we reckon? Back again season two, bigger and
0: better? I think we record, we, we spoke about earlier in the, in the, in the show for, for this episode. We'll have a, a meal and drinks at Molly's. I think we record an episode then and there.
2: I think that that's a great, genuinely, I think that's a great idea. Let's do the first episode. <laughs> I'll cook up a storm. Um, we'll
0: have half a dozen drinks before we record. Yes. Strawberry Daiquiri, of course.
2: Yep. Uh, we'll choose. You, can, you guys can let me know your preferred drinks on arrival. I've got a really long hallway, so it's usually time. I know you guys at home won't be able to see, but my hallway <laughs> is extremely long. Usually enough time for anyone who's been there, enough time to start a drink and finish it by the time you get to the dining table, so you're already one drink in and no driving home. Um, and anyway. after
0: and after half a dozen, that looks like a great cricket pitch. <laughs> we have done... <laughs> it's like a really good deck.
2: We've done 10-pin um, bowling down there and what else have we done? Oh, it's usually a raceway for, for the dogs. When they come and sprint down, actually, when I looked after um, my boss, Lou's dog, she um, I had some chairs up and she's hit the chairs and then cracked my wall open and probably half concussed herself so <laughs> when she was running down the hallway. So it's um, its a speedway down there. It's anything you want. James complains every time he walks down it because he thinks it's too long. It's the one reason he didn't want to buy this house.
1: It's about a two-can trip by the look of it.
2: It's long, it's long, which is why I'll have a drink on arrival. You generally have to call <laughs> to tell me you're out in you front because I can't, yeah, cause I can't the, hear the knock on the door. <laughs> it's
1: like when they're at a marathon you're going to have a table set up halfway along, grab another drink, keep going.
2: <laughs> yeah, so it'll happen. <laughs> when we, we'll do the first episode, it'll be down in Lara um, and, uh, yeah, I will cook, cook up a storm.
0: And before we go... Um, Molly, I think we should say to Mick as well, thanks for putting the show together, putting together the quiz and and the run out and all of that's been great.
2: Yeah, thanks for all your hard work, Mick, and we will forgive all your bloopers.
0: All that polish,
1: it's, uh, that's what happens you get a good result <laughs> at the end. Uh, thanks, Jason, for doing all the uh, the editing to, bloop, to, to cut out those bloopers and uh, no, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, amazingly, we've got through this in pretty much one take. So uh, when you take the kids and the dogs out of the equation, it,
0: uh, it actually plays pretty well. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing how things happen like that.
1: <laughs> no, Very good. Well, it's been us. Thanks, everyone, for listening in and uh, keep an ear out for Season 2 uh, at Molly's Plus.
0: Thanks for coming Behind the Boxes. Got any comments, suggestions or feedback? See the show notes to get in touch.